Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brains. So what are the best foods for your brain? That's the question everybody has. How do you have better focus? How do you improve your memory? How do you improve your thinking ability? Because what you eat matters, especially for your gray matter. And who better to discuss this today but Dr. Lisa Moscone. She's author of this incredible book called Brain Food. It's a must-read book. I mean, we're here in the kitchen, but really, you're used to being in like laboratories, right? With your, yes, <laughs> you're, you're, you're with your PhD in, in yeah. neuroscience, with all the research you've done in Alzheimer's and Alzheimer's mm. prevention. So you have all the science and academia. Um, and also, you also have a passion for, for nutrition. You're also a nutritionist, integrative nutritionist also as well. Literally, what we eat feeds our brain and it feeds our body and it feeds our life. So mm. thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. One of the quick brain tips I wanted to, to talk about is this. What's one thing people could do as they're listening to this, as we have all our brain foods here and our green juices? The best brain tip I have is to actually drink water because the, the brain is 80% water and even just the 2% uh, water loss to the yeah. brain, so very, very mild dehydration is enough to produce neurological symptoms. Just a 2% yes, difference. just 2%. That's so mm -hmm. subtle. Some people are more sensitive, some people are less, but usually it's 2 to 4% water loss to the brain is enough to really produce fatigue, confusion, dizziness, memory lapses, cognitive slippage, difficulty concentrating and much reduced attention span. So one of the best tips I have is just really keep hydrated. Okay. And when I asked for water, you correctly gave me cold water. Right. right? And I said, well, warm water warm water. is the best way to rehydrate very quickly. Now why is that? Warm water is vasodilating promotes absorption of fluids and substances into the bloodstream. So the cold is... And it literally is, makes your veins pop. So That's cold is more want. constricting. Yes, so cold water, anything cold is vasoconstrictor. And so it actually has the opposite effect. It kind of scares your stomach away. Right. And so no, that's, that's it. So my background is in neuroscience and nuclear medicine. I have a dual PhD. And nuclear medicine is code for brain imaging. It so is. So I do a lot of brain scans. So when you get the, the dyes and you see the blue and the... And the yeah, red right. and the green and the brain like lightening up in all different colors. We, we do structure, mm -hmm. brain scans like MRIs, but then we do positron emission tomography scans, which is nuclear medicine. Okay. So we can look at all different things in the brain, like brain activity, brain energy, whether or not somebody has Alzheimer's disease. What I want to talk about actually are these brain scans mm. because what's interesting to me is this is based all on science yes. because you've done all the studies in the area of, of Alzheimer's research and you're actually looking at the organ that you're treating, Yes, you know, which, is, which is remarkable. And so what are we looking at here? And we could show everybody on the screen and uh, put links also in the show notes for people who are listening to this on audio. So these are brain scans. These are two MRI scans. And this brain scan here is the, the scan is an MRI scan mm -hmm. of a 52-year-old woman, okay. cognitively intact. And she had been on a Mediterranean diet most of her life. She's actually Greek originally. And you know she eats pretty much the way we, we discussed so far. This is really what you want your That's brain a beautiful to brain. look like when you're 52 years old. 
And the things to keep in mind, this is an MRI scan. So the brain looks white and gray and fluids look black on okay. this particular sequence. And you want these little structures inside the brain. They're called the ventricles. You want them to be really nice and tight because a little bit of fluid is good for you, but you don't want to have more fluid than brain. Right. You just want to have just enough to keep your, well, your brain protected and hydrated. And the other thing you want is that you want your brain to fill up as much as possible of your cranial cavity, the mm -hmm. skull. So you want the brain and that's to the outer brain. layer? Yeah, so this is the bone that surrounds the brain, and you want the brain to be as close as possible everywhere. It's a little bit more difficult here on top. It's normal to have more fluids here on the top, but you want the rest of your brain to be really, really close to the bone. And this... These two little structures in and the middle. I recognize those. This is your thing. So this is the hippocampus. Right. This is the memory center of the brain for memory consolidation and formation and also a sense of direction. That's in the hippocampus. And it looks gray because it's gray matter. Mm -hmm. gray. And you want it to be really close to the white matter around it because it, it needs to be really like chubby. Okay. As big as possible. No, bigger is better. There are two parts of the brain and they were shown to show neurogenesis in, in grown-ups, in mm -hmm. adults, and also later on in life. And these are um, the dentate gyrus of the hippocampus and okay. also the olfactory bulb. Mm -hmm. So that part of the brain that is responsible for smell. So these are basically the, the most primitive functions. So this other scan in comparison is, is the brain of a slightly younger woman. She was 50 mm -hmm. years old back then, and she had been on a Western diet most of her life. Okay. She tells me she loves burgers and fries. And her brain shows that, yeah, right? You, you I think you can see immediately that the ventricles are much larger everywhere, mm -hmm. also going like deep inside the brain. Um, there's a lot more black around the entire brain and also inside the gyrus. Right. This is the temporal lobe and is involved in memory formation as well, especially the hippocampus here is also surrounded by black, which means it's been losing neurons. It's shrinking, which is something we call atrophy. Okay. Right? And this whole pattern, so ventricular enlargement and neuronal loss, specifically in the memory centers of the brain, is usually a big red flag per. for future Alzheimer's disease. So this is okay. a brain that is at risk for Alzheimer's disease, and we, we follow our patients over time for as many years as, as they will stay with us. Certainly. How much and of course, it's not just these two people. Right. I, mean, I just want to clarify that. We have hundreds and hundreds of people in the studies, and this is average. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she's a very extreme case. This is quite normal. How much of it is genetic, and how mm -hmm. much has to do with their diet and their lifestyle? I think brain aging is, is more diet than destiny. Okay. To some extent. More diet than destiny. More diet than destiny, yeah. Um, so when I started in the field, which is in college, okay. I started right away because I have a family history of Alzheimer's. So I was really interested in prevention and, and what to not do. So back then, Your in college, yeah. Everybody understood Alzheimer's as the consequence of bad genes in your DNA right. or aging or a combination of the two. And I think in 2018, there's consensus that neither of these alternatives is necessarily or universally the case. Now that we have cheap genomics, right, we can understand genetics much better, and we have brain imaging that mm -hmm. shows us when Alzheimer's actually starts in the brain. Uh, there are genetic mutations that cause Alzheimer's. There are three that we know of. But they're found in just less than 1% of the general population. And even if you just gather together all the families affected uh, by Alzheimer's disease, only 6% of families 
have these genetic mutations. Okay. So 94% of patients with Alzheimer's are just not born of these mutations that we know of. Which is not to say that genetics are not important. Right. You know, as a scientist and as a biologist, I, I mean, I'm not, I study biology, a lot of that, and I, I believe in genetics. There's always a genetic Certainly. component to everything. It's just that it's not as deterministic as we thought. It was. It's more like there are groups of genes or networks of genes that work together to make you healthier and more resilient. Mm -hmm. And there are other groups of genes and genetic risk factors that actually increase risk. Okay. And just um, increase your vulnerability or give you a predisposition to a specific disease. Here specifically, though, is your food For because me. literally your brain is pretty much built on food. It's built on food. Mm -hmm. But on very specific. Yeah. types of food, very specific nutrients. The brain comes with um, a protection system called the blood-brain barrier mm -hmm. that literally shields the brain from the rest of the body and everything else. Basically, it, it, it regulates very strictly the passage of substances to the brain and from the brain out. So there are literally gates in the blood-brain barrier. They're called receptors or transcrip transcriptional factors, but effectively they work like messengers or like gates. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that it's the brain that opens the gates, so it's not us. So brain diet is a very strict diet, and it's the brain that says, I want it, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your, your favorite brain foods? My number one brain food is caviar. If you look at the chemical composition of caviar, the nutritional composition of, of caviar, or fish eggs in general, it basically mirrors the nutritional composition of the brain. Mm -hmm. There is very rich in polyunsaturated fatty acids, okay. especially the omega-3 fatty acids that your brain needs like on a daily basis. Um, it contains a good amount of essential protein, so all the amino acids that it, the brain has gates for are in there. And it also contains um, some antioxidants. That is, it's very rare for animal foods to contain any antioxidants at all. Okay. But caviar or fish eggs uh, contain vitamin a, vitamin E, and the small amount of vitamin C in some cases. Which is very selenium, neuroprotective. Selenium, yes. So all the antioxidant vitamins and minerals that these are very neuroprotective. Mm. Now, now, if somebody is um, vegetarian and yeah. they, don't, they don't eat fish, uh, we right. know it's a great source of DHA and omega-3s. Yes. What would their best option mm -hmm. be? So for vegetarians and vegans, I think uh, flax seeds are a great source okay. of almonds. Now, the flax seeds, are, they, mm. are you making a meal with that, or is that something you could put into a smoothie? Yes. Uh, so you need to grind them mm -hmm. to really release the nutrients. And I think a smoothie is a great way to do that. So there are three main types okay. of omega-3. There's DHA, which is the one your brain really wants, mm -hmm. EPA, which is a precursor to DHA. Mm -hmm. For plant-based foods, they contain neither of these two. They contain ALA. It's another type. And what happens is that this ALA goes inside your brain, but your brain needs to convert it into DHA. And 75% is lost in the conversion, wow. so you need to have more. So brain scans, brain imaging studies show that people who consume at least four grams of DHA, omega-3 fatty acids every day, have at least 70% reduced risk of Alzheimer's and dementia later on in life okay. as compared to people who eat less than two grams. How much portion is that about? Three ounces of a good quality salmon okay. filet 
and then like a handful of almonds and some extra virgin olive oil we'll do it on your salad and perhaps some flax seeds and that's that's it okay oh, that's so that's that's very doable if you're going for a vegetarian diet then you eat three times as much and there are supplements that are actually very helpful there are vegan dha supplements okay from high purity algae oil that are great sources of, of supplementation i think so we talked about the foods that are helpful for greater brain function. Yeah. What are the ones that are harmful? Uh, processed food is bad for you, and specifically is, is the combination of uh, too much transaturated fat okay. and cholesterol. And also processed food has been uh, linked to a much greater risk of dementia. So there are many studies showing that um, among like hundreds and hundreds of people followed over time, those who consume uh, two grams of trans and saturated fats in their diet, trans fats in their diet, have twice the risk of dementia wow. as compared to people who eat less than one gram. So what are the big culprits that people don't realize? What are the like, so hydrogenated fat, okay. partially hydrogenated fat. I think these are the, the two worst Found mostly in, in what kind of foods do you think people are eating that don't even really qualify as food? They don't qualify as food. There are a lot of things like spreads are incredibly dangerous. Like you, you would think that that's some kind of butter and it's really not. Whipped creams that you right. spray on things. Um, fake cheese. Uh, a lot of baked goods like muffins that you buy or right. um, cold cuts. Mm-hmm. Right, daily ham. Or... What about things like uh, wine? Ooh, wine is actually a brain food. White or red? Red. Mm-hmm. Why is it a brain food? Because of the antioxidants. Red wine is very typical of the Mediterranean sure. regions, like Italy, Greece, Spain. But the way we drink it there is that is really in moderation. And also, you never drink it on an empty stomach. And also, it's better if you absorb it with other foods that can. Uh, they can promote uh, uptake of these compounds in the bloodstream. So it's better paired with foods like fatty foods that really help absorbing the, the helpful nutrients. So we talk about brain food and we talk about yeah. what to eat. What about when to eat? So there's, there's very good science done at NIH by Dr. Mattson, Mark mm-hmm. Mattson, showing how caloric restriction has positive effects on the brain. Okay. It kind of makes your neurons stronger and more, more resilient. You really have to give your system a break. Right. Right. And so if you have dinner around you know, 6, 7 p.m., then I think it's very healthy to just stop or refrain from eating until at least 7 a.m. the following morning. Like, so you have 12 hours for your body to just have a break. detoxify. What do you recommend a good brain-healthy breakfast? I think it's subjective. Okay. You know, some people do very well on protein, some people do better on carbs. I think women in general are physiologically uh, predisposed to run on carbohydrates, mm-hmm. and men do better on fat. But that's really the average um, person, and I think everybody is, is uh, different. Um, I think good options are for people who do well on carbohydrates, a nice toast with a little bit of honey and some fresh fruit, or a yogurt for those who don't like bread or don't want to eat bread uh, with fresh fruit again. I think fruit is a good thing to have first thing in the morning. You know, it rehydrates you, it gives you the vitamins and minerals. And You have some incredibly powerful 
recipes and we've been <laughs> testing these so it's not just nutritious but they're also delicious they're good yeah i love food and I, I there's a whole section food. there on they're snacks also as well so yes. brain healthy snacks that are mm. easy that have ex yes. you know just a handful of ingredients yes well the, you know as a new mom nothing can take longer than 15 minutes that's the thing we're all that quick brain in the quick brain kitchen <laughs> here we're all about um having something incredibly incredible if you go for quality then preparation time gets really, you know, you don't, you don't need to spend that much time dressing your food and marinating your food or doing who knows what. Right. Where, where's the best place for people to find you, find out more about you? On my website, okay. uh, lisamascani.com. All right. Yes, I think, or Instagram. I don't, Instagram. Yes, I think Instagram is my, is my favorite tool. Okay. And I'm I, a scientist, social media. Yeah. <laughs> get in there, just get in there. What I would challenge everybody to do is your quick brain challenge is to take a screenshot of this video or of this podcast episode. And when, I, when you do it, I want you to post it, tag Lisa, tag myself, and share your big aha. What was your favorite lesson from this episode? Also, what's your favorite brain food? I'm excited about this because the research that you're doing in Alzheimer's and with the aging brain, why not get there sooner? You know, why, why not, yes. why not, why not prevent it upstream? Yes. And you're saying Absolutely. that, you know, a very small percentage of it has to do with f fate or your genetic destiny, that maybe that your genetics is what maybe loads the gun, right. but what you eat is really what kind of fires, fires it. Mm -hmm. And we have, we have total control over our hands and what we actually put into, yes. into our mouth. It's really part of your lifestyle. Brain. And really at the bottom line, we're just mm -hmm. saying really love your brain, Yeah. you know, and treat then, your brain like your best friend. Treat your brain like your best, your friend, best friend, and uh, you'll get all the rewards. Thank yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, thank right? you, Lisa. Of course, thank you. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Or simply text the word podcast to 916-822-7246 and we'll send you a direct link. That's 916-82-BRAIN. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you could win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. 
leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team could properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think.